I'm Alex Ernst. Do you like free stuff? Yeah, you do? Good! Today I'm going to show you how to get snacks from a vending machine for free. Right here's the vending machine. I'm going to push up on this, cover a sensor with my right hand, and I'm going to press G, F, 11, 12, 14. Push for money return twice. One, two, and then I'm going to... Hey everyone, my name is Haley Shepherds. I'm the pastoral intern here, and this is my confession story. I absolutely love David Dobrik. Um, whether you're in Ames or you're in Iowa City, hey Iowa City, is there any other David Dobrik fans, or am I the only one? Is anyone else a little disappointed that he hasn't put out vlogs in a while? I know I am. But I did want to talk about uh, his friend Alex. His friend Alex is known for smashing things. Whether it's tables, whether it's TVs, it's absolutely ridiculous. He just goes into a rage. And here, Alex wanted something for free. He just did it in a different way. He did a break it and take it method. But today we're going to be talking about uh, our new series, which is called I Know You Are, But What Am I? It's a series about what it means to be free. Oftentimes we look at free as like we saw in that video as something that we get to take. Now many of you maybe have friends, maybe you came with those friends, or maybe you are that person who just loves free things. You're the person that maybe goes and dumpster dives or goes thrifting or does whatever they can to get a good deal, even if it means you tell your roommates that they have to have the dishwasher completely full before they can run it, or you refuse to turn on the AC because it's free if you're not using it, right? You maybe have that friend in your life, but that's more of what freedom is, is a value, and that's what we oftentimes think free is. But today we're going to talk about what it means to be free in a sense of status. And so what that means is, is God is free, how are we free? And so we hear in our Bible reading this first verse, it says on the next slide, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's read that all together as one group if we can. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I want you to see that, I want you to say it, and I want you to hear it, because sometimes it's hard for us to believe. I know oftentimes we we think of free and we think COVID-free. It's probably the only thing you can think of. But we're not talking about uh, this this external freedom, we're talking about something else. Uh, In college, we uh, we had a group of friends, um, and we would always go to different parties. I was in a sorority, Uh, if there's any AFEs in the group, go AFE. Yeah, we got a few up in there, down here as well. Um, but we went to college parties, and we partnered with different fraternities, and this party that we went to was called a color party, or a stoplight party. And I don't know if anyone has ever been to a stoplight party, but I have Danny running to bring, back, <laughs> bring me my rack real quick. But there's different colors for this color party. So you show up to this party wearing different t-shirts. And we have different, we have green t-shirts, we have red t-shirts, and we have yellow t-shirts and they all represent a different status. What status are you in? Here's my, my great helper. A green shirt represents the status of single. You're free. You can, you can text me, you can get to know me, um, and we, I just want to get to know other people because I'm single. Now, the red shirt meant, hey, I'm in a relationship. I'm not, my status is not single. Maybe just avoid me, you know, don't give me any second looks because I'm taken. Now, this yellow shirt was kind of iffy. It meant that you were, it's complicated, is our status. And so it's a great way for people to know what your status was. 
crazy party idea um, that I experienced, and I had a lot of fun actually getting to know people. Or you just wanted to get to know more people to be friends, but this was your status. But today we're looking at something that's not maybe on the outside, but what's on the inside. What's the status of your heart, and what does that freedom mean internally? What does spiritual freedom mean? And so we look at the end of the book of John, we're jumping to the very end, and we see that Pontius Pilate um, is, actually the, is actually ruling Rome at this time, and Jesus is on trial to be executed. And Jesus' status, it's criminal. But also, Pontius Pilate wants to know, what's your status? Are you king? The word freedom, the suffix of that, actually means dominion. So Pontius Pilate wants to know, okay, Jesus, what kind of power do you think you have? What's your power status? And Jesus responds with this, you say that I am king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus isn't claiming here to be a civil king. No, it's the king of heaven and earth. And Pontius Pilate is on a whole different uh, plane with his thinking. Jesus says, no, I've come to be the king of all. We see that in Jesus' death chapters later. But what Jesus says at the end here, everyone of the truth listens to my voice. That's the freedom. Are we living in that truth, and does that truth live in us? How can we hear or know about that truth? Jesus says, listen to my voice. Now, maybe you have someone in your life whose voice you could spot out of a crowd. Maybe a gym, an auditorium. When you hear that voice, you knows who it is. For that, it's my dad. I can hear my dad's voice uh, no matter where I'm at, no matter how filled the room is. And that's him right there. This was for my birthday photo from last week. My dad is loud, and you can't miss him. But I know I will never miss his voice. My dad's greatest claim to fame was that he delivered me. When I was um, being born, he, my dad was 23 years old. Some of you may be 23. Can you imagine having a kid at that age? But he uh, knew the doctor. This doctor was kind of an, uh, a doctor that you wouldn't really expect. This doctor was in the military for a while. Then he became a commercial pilot. And then in his 40s, he decided, hey, I'm going to go to medical school. And he became a doctor. Because my dad and my mom are getting ready uh, to have me, the doctor says, hey, you want to deliver this baby? Dad said, sure. So he suited up and delivered me. But what's crazy about uh, kind of my birth story is I didn't cry. I believe it's because the first thing I heard was my dad's voice. That voice I've heard for nine months, and now I'm finally able to hear it. When babies are born, they can't see, they can only hear. Are we listening for our Father's voice? Not just our earthly Father, but our Heavenly Father. It's a voice that you cannot forget, especially if God is living in your heart and God is reigning in your life. Listen for that voice. It is a voice of freedom. And so we see kind of in this next slide here, when Jesus is teaching this freedom, not everyone welcomes it. And so we see uh, with this next story, there's actually Jewish religious leaders um, who kind of come against Jesus and challenge him on this comment. 
but we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Now these religious leaders actually were in Jerusalem and Jesus was debating them. Because when you're Jesus, you just debate because you are the truth, you know the truth. And they challenged this because they said they're descendants of Abraham. It's not about bloodline, Jesus is saying. Yes, the descendants of Abraham are promised blessing. They're promised land that they will be numerous. There's something different about freedom. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And so when we look at kind of what the disciple said, sorry, you can go a slide back there. Sorry, there we go. Thank you. Um, these descendants of Abraham, they thought their birthright, that they were in the line of David, gave them this freedom. But it was a promise. They were promised blessing. How many times do we look at the blessings in our life and think, well, this is, this is freedom. Things are great. God is blessing me, so I must be right with God. And then when things take a turn for the worst, we think, oh God, why are, you, why are you doing this to me? Why do you want this for me? This isn't freedom. This isn't what you promised me. This isn't blessing. But that's not what God's blessing, God's promise is all about in this freedom. And they follow up with this to anyone. Oh, go back, sorry, one more. Thank you. I have never been slave. We have never been slaves to anything is how they follow up. But yet they knew slavery. The Jewish people had been slaved multiple times, but they didn't remember. Or they just didn't want to remember that they were enslaved or they didn't see it as enslavement. Sometimes it's hard for us to see the things that we're enslaved to. What do you mean you will be set free? And so we go to this next slide and we see that we actually get to, we sin. That that prevents us from seeing God's freedom for us, from experiencing that freedom. But I look, we look on our next slide here, is that freedom isn't something that we're born into. It's not our birthright, but we're born for freedom. It's God's promise for us. And these Jewish leaders, they thought they had no need to be free. And so I ask you today, do you need to be free? What do you need to be free from? Sometimes it's easy to ignore the status of our soul. Not the outward status, but the internal status. What are we bound up by? Is it habits, people, work? These Pharisees, they don't think it's freedom that they need. They think it's given to them by their birthright. But Jesus has come to paint a new story and is sharing this so that they will finally see and hear. But they're so focused on their civil rights. They're not enslaved by Rome. Are we stuck in our civil rights? Is that our only definition of freedom? Jesus makes it clear, you are not born into freedom, but freedom can be given to you. Freedom is for you. Despite the chaos in the world, despite the chaos that maybe is internally ours, that sin, we can experience freedom and belonging. And do we want to be a part of that? We read in Romans that this truth that Jesus offers us is a chance to return to God. But it comes at a price. 
For the wages of sin is death, but the gift from God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And that is the truth that we get to celebrate today. But what does that freedom look like in our lives? We read this in Romans in the next verse, that there is forgiveness for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Who do you belong to? The power of life-giving spirit has freed you from this sin so that it's not an external freedom, but it's an internal freedom. It's not just a status, but our sin condition, we're freed from that too. The same way we saw Alex in our first clip breaking through that vending machine and bringing that chip to freedom, we get to experience the same thing. It's that breakthrough that God has been fighting for us and died for it so that we too could be free. Our status is free because God has freed us. And so we read this, he did this so the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. This spirit uh, is also known as wisdom. Spirit is also pneuma or breath of life. So this is the wisdom for us that God has died for us so that we can experience freedom internally and that the Spirit would lead us. Not that we have to stay bound to those, that sin in our life, but that the law would be fully satisfied. Sometimes it's easier to say that we're not worthy. And the Spirit reminds us of who we belong to, where home is, the place where I experience the most comfort, the place where I feel like I belong and have freedom to be just who I am is at home. We see in John chapter 14, if you want to go to that slide, what this home looks like. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with, with each of them. It's easy to think that this home isn't for us the home where God is, and that we belong to that. So I want to ask you today, how's home? There's a saying that home is where the heart is. So really, how's your heart? Is God there? When you share a home with somebody, you really get to know them. It's an intimate thing to be able to be family, to be a roommate, to be a sibling. And God wants that with you too to create this sacred space for you to experience what it means to be free. That you get to experience forgiveness, you get to experience God's presence, not just as a friend, but as a father, as a king. So does your heart desire to be with God? Not just as a guest in your home, but as a resident. This verse shows us that God comes knocking at our door. God's there. God wants you to experience this incredible gift. Guests are only invited really to stay for a short while, but that's why God's at home. God's in it for the long haul so that you can have this shared status of free at no cost to you. I know when I went home for the first time after college, I felt like my freedom was stripped away for those of you who haven't been home yet, I'll be praying for you. <laughs> it's kind of hard to go out of the nest and then come back into the nest. Uh, my mother is what she calls herself as a helicopter mom, so she nags, she worries. 
All of a sudden, no one's worried about where you are, and then all of a sudden, she's really worried about where you are? Yeah, I've been there. And maybe you have a mother like that, or a dad, or a grandpa, or a grandma, who you get to experience that with when you go home. But that's not what this freedom is about. It's not our freedom being taken away because God resides in our hearts. It's life-giving. So do we ask God to be our guest? Or is God a resident? Jesus reminds us of this point in the next verse when he talks about abiding in God's word. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. This word abide means to stay. God is here to stay. Not only does my word abide in you, but I bring that to you. My spirit is within you, and you are truly my disciple because of this. This verse tells us to remain, we get to stay. We're not on a guest list for God. We are residents. By trusting that God's love isn't a freedom trap, that we're going to get stuck at home, no, it's where we find life-giving freedom. And as a member of the family of God, we will always be free, and that invitation will always be open. Come home. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but the son is a part of the family forever. If you see yourself as a slave to sin, I want you to take this in. If the son sets you free, you are truly free. That is it. Freedom isn't about doing, it's about being. It's about being with God in this freedom, accepting this gift that is priceless. And so this is our status, we're free. Our condition is we're no longer sinners but saints. And because of that spiritual reality, we have rights to this freedom. They're not birthrights, but we are adopted adopted into the family of God. We have maybe have, were delivered into this world by someone else, but the true deliverance comes in the Son of God who sets you free. Jesus carried the cross so that we could be carried into a place of forgiveness, of healing, of life. That's what freedom is and what's offered for you today. The spirit that dwells inside of us, we get to live in that, that's where joy comes from. That's where peace is. And we get to have that as children of God, as brothers and sisters of Christ, as one family. The conditions of sin, yeah, they don't hold on to us anymore. You were not born into this freedom, but I think that's what's so great about God's promises. It's not a birthright. It's not for some and not for others. It's for you, it's for everyone. And that's what the adoption is. You could experience the full rights and the fullness of a citizen in heaven. Now freedom isn't something that's just offered for us today. We will get to experience the fullness of that freedom when sin no longer exists. When we are seated too with God in heaven. It may seem like something that's super far off and the freedoms and the things that are binding us together that have us pushed down, that have us calling out for God become too much. That's where hope comes in. We get to hope and trust that we are free. And that freedom will become full.
but we are here and now. What does that freedom mean for us here and now? Being free doesn't mean we get to be completely independent. That's where danger comes in. It's just you and me, God. No, it's expansive. Freedom is for you. It's extended to everyone else in this room, and we get to live in that freedom together. Our freedom status is internal, but it's also what binds us together. So we are no longer bound by shame, by judgment, by sin. We get to live in that freedom, but then we're bound to one another. And that's our purpose. And that's what Jesus calls us to, is to remind each other that we are family. It's easy to see all the differences. To maybe not forgive, because they've done something to us. Family isn't just who you go to when you go home. Because right now, this is our home. We get to experience freedom together. Please hear me when I say this next verse here about our identity. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. This verse doesn't mean that you need to prove your love to God. It doesn't mean that I get to show you up in love and you get to show me up in love. Disciple is not about proving who you are. It's about declaring to the world who you are and whose you are. And that's a child of God, a friend of Jesus, one in the body of Christ. And now you're free. Your freedom status? No, it's, I will condition your heart, God says. Your condition is no longer a sinner, but saint. And in that, I will condition your heart to love. It's going to pour out of you because I'm going to fill you up so much that you can do nothing else but give it to the rest of the world. And sometimes freedom is hard. I mean, our veterans know the price that they've had to pay for our freedom. Sometimes freedom is difficult. I mean, it's calling out the things that I love more than God, letting the Spirit come and remind me that I am worthy when I don't feel worthy. Sometimes it always, that doesn't always feel like freedom. But freedom isn't a one-time thing. We are constantly being made free. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with trusting God. God is at home and at work within us. Even when we fail to follow God's lead, when we reject that freedom, and say, no, God, my way is better. And yet the Spirit tugs at us. Just come home. This is for you. There's a reason Jesus says, do as I tell you. Not because Jesus needs it. Because we'll see in this next verse what love can do. And what we can be for one another. When Jesus saw his mother, he was on the cross, dying beside the disciple that he loved and he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, here is your mother. From then on, his disciple took her into his home. 
Jesus is taking place as the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the resurrected Christ who defeated death and sin so that we could be free, so that we could be joined together in one home. We get to receive every ounce of freedom against every single one of our sins because Christ defeated it all. Not just the part, but the whole. Another name for the King of Israel was the Messiah. That's the M in freedom. It's all about Christ. It begins with free and ends with Christ. The do in the middle, that's not our doing. Messiah means anointed one. And whether in this room you were baptized as a baby or you haven't been baptized yet, you are anointed in baptism. We say you were sealed by the cross of Christ now and forever. Remember that baptism. That's a reminder of this great freedom poured out for you. You were a child that was delivered, was brought into this world, who didn't know what freedom was, and yet God forgave you. If you haven't been baptized yet, let us know. We'll make it happen. Because it's a gift I don't want you to miss out on. It's receiving. It's all about receiving this freedom and then inviting others to carry their cross too and welcome them home. That's what our freedom does. Gives us the ability to pick up our cross, free from sin and full of love, so that others may see that same cross and be welcomed home. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand and we'll worship.